Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello and welcome to another Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Andy Daniel, social media coordinator with MPN. And I'm here with Lauren Spiro and Amanda Walton, and we'll be talking a little bit about emotional CPR today. Lauren is the co-founder of Emotional CPR and a person with lived experience. She spent seven years as the director of the National Coalition for Mental Health Recovery, where she was a leader for policy, legislative, and funding priorities for people with lived experience of mental health recovery. And Amanda is a certified behavioral health peer support specialist and the peer services coordinator for Montana's Peer Network. She's an active recovery advocate. She's certified in smart recovery as a facilitator and is the creator of Let's Talk Recovery Support Group. Uh, She's an eCPR facilitator and will be advancing to trainer later in the month. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Can you guys tell us a little bit about the about your journeys? So for me, my journey began long ago. I, I have struggled with uh, mental health since I was a child, and I was diagnosed in my mid twenties. And I so I've been on a ten year roller coaster. Um, the last six years have been wonderful. Life just gets better every day, and I've been in stable recovery for that amount of time. I have become a certified behavioral health peer specialist, as you mentioned. I actively advocate for recovery and liberation of others, and um, as well as myself and and my family. I have children, a couple of kids that struggle with mental health as well. And so it's just, it's an ongoing process of recovery and rejuvenation. And it's it's beautiful, even even in the struggles, you know. In July, I took an eCPR practitioner course and I fell in love with eCPR. And this has taken on a whole new dynamic for me, um, professionally, personally, uh, in my life experience. And um, the way I interact with others, the way I communicate and my willingness to be vulnerable and express my emotions and my feelings with others and be present while they do the same and be that support that they need. It's often the most trying times of crisis that people can have. Thank you. Thanks, Amanda. How about you, Lauren? Well, my life, like probably a lot of other people in my journey, has really been like from the school of hard knocks, right? I was put in a mental institution when I was 16 and remained there for 15 months, which you can imagine was challenging. And really all of my life, I've wanted to make the mental health system better. So it was more responsive to people's genuine needs. So I've spent my entire life really working in the mental health system, starting from eight, when I was 18, volunteering in a, in a state mental, mental hospital. But going from a very insecure, very, very quiet person who wouldn't ask one question, who wouldn't raise my hand to ask a question, to 
taking on the scariest job of my life, which was the first director of the National Coalition for Mental Health Recovery, where I was one of many, but leading voices of uh, legislative and funding and policy priorities for people with lived experience uh, across the United States. So that was a Washington DC based job where I spent quite a bit of time on Capitol Hill and I never in my life thought I would do that. Can you tell us a little bit about the development of ECPR and then we'll get into more specifics about it, but can you tell us about how that came about? Yeah, I'm happy to. So I mentioned that a lot of my life, I was very quiet. Uh, I was I was taught certainly at, at the age of 16, having a diagnosis of chronic schizophrenia, it just reinforced the idea that uh, what well, what the experts, you know, the quote unquote experts, the psychiatrists, several of them told me and my family that I would never uh, get well. I had a chronic uh, brain disease, if you can imagine being told that at 16 and 17, it's pretty darn devastating. I mean, really, really devastating to me. So it took me many years to working with, with peers, and that's not just mental health peers, but pe- people that understand the impact of oppression and trauma uh, to come to believe after much soul searching Um, that there was never anything wrong with me. And if people had, if like the psychiatrists had really listened to me uh, before too quickly running to judgment, then I probably never would have needed to be locked up. I never would have needed the psych drugs. So 12 years ago, it was 2008. Dan Fisher and I, I can't, I won't speak for him, but we had the same idea at the same time which was we really needed a holistic, fresh, non-pathologizing way of looking at big emotions, you know, without the labels, without the judgments. And so that was really the birth of of ECPR. Uh, And in 2010, we began doing the the certifications for practitioners. So that's been a a two-day training until we went virtual this year. And then it became basically 12 hours divided up, usually between three and four days. So it's very holistic. Amanda, you uh, got involved in this over the summer, right? Taking ECPR and then moving into facilitator and, and, you know, continuing on with that journey for yourself, right? What excited you about ECPR that, you know, like made it different from other programs that you'd been involved with? Being a lifelong recipient of mental health services, it's, it's a completely different dynamic. It's a way of identifying with other people. And, uh, you know, as I said before, just being present, ECPR resonated with the very core of my being. It it just, (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, this is where I belong. And, you know, as, as a peer support specialist, one of the things that we're um, taught in training is to meet people where they're at and, and to guide them or just be present with them, help them find their own self-direction and, and empowerment as they move forward. And this embodies that whole, that whole process, that whole mindset. And 
we're not looking at the problem as, you know, your, your diagnosis. So let's treat that diagnosis. It, it's more of a perspective and a perception that's holistic and okay, well, let's talk about where you're at. What, what, what's happened to you? You know, let's let you be, and I'm going to be here with you. And I'm okay being here with you, even if we're both a little bit uncomfortable at times, because this is an unknown journey for, for you and for me. And we all just need to know that somebody is there with us through that experience of pain. And it, it just, I could go on about this for hours because it just so <laughs> impassions me. I just, I love it so much. I want to incorporate it in everything that I do. And, you know, it, again, that's an ongoing process, but I, I'm utilizing it in my personal life with my kids and my husband, my friendships, my relationships with uh, employers work um, as I'm advocating and reaching out. And it's just, it's exciting. And when you, when you're there through that process of transformation with somebody else, um, it, it can be as small as just one instant, one moment. And I was already a facilitator in uh, the last training I was in and it was actually Lauren, we were doing a real play where, you know, somebody is, is it's a demonstration of somebody needing support and it's realistic. So something that's actually happening um, or they have experienced. And Lauren was supporting me and I was going on and, and, and talking about the topic that, that I was discussing. And she said, I will never doubt you. And that moment I was, that was the light came on and I just, it caught me off guard. And I even, you know, I expressed to her later, wait a minute, nobody's ever said that to me. She, she really just said that, but that's what went on in my head. And it, it stuff, stuff, stuff in my mind started crumbling around, crumbling down, you know, the walls that I had built and beliefs that I'd had about myself that I'd been working on just that one phrase. And when one phrase from one person can be that profound and powerful in change, that's words cannot express how effective it can be in, in recovering our, our country, our people, our just humanity in general. We've got to get back to that of just being present and being with each other and, and accepting unconditionally the experiences that we all have. I am so glad that you brought that up, Amanda. <laughs> I had forgotten about it, um, you know, partly because I'm so in the moment. I'm so in the moment. And that's part of what is so unique, I think, about ECPR. I've been trained in, you know, I have a master's in clinical community psychology. I've been trained in a lot of different approaches. And some of them are really good. But I think there's there are a few aspects of ECPR that are unique. And I think Amanda was just talking about one where, it's, it's all about the two of us. Generally, it's, it's two people. Letting go completely. It's one thing to talk about letting go of judgment, you know, and, and listening. But this goes so much deeper than that. Uh, and your comment, Amanda, about, you know, I will never doubt you. That is so true. I mean, that was one of the most destructive things that the, the society and the mental health system had done to me, is it taught me to doubt my thinking, to doubt my feelings, you know, and then I have, of course, have this horrible diagnosis. Uh, I've had other diagnoses too, that they, mental health, mental illness diagnoses, you know, that, that um, 
So it's really, if you can turn something inside out, sometimes I feel like that's what ECPR is about. Some of the feedback we get is people say, and it's true, is that we're giving people permission and a, a safe container to be human again. So forget the labels, you know, let me, tell me how you feel and where you are and the story as much as the story is needed, but it's being real in that moment. And, you know, listening from the head is, you know, factual information. We all know what that is. Listening from the heart, empathetic listening is wonderful, but ECPR goes deeper than that. It's deeper. It's listening with the entire body, with all of our senses, including our intuition. So we're getting into a deeper level which actually comes from the Presencing Institute at MIT. They call it, they refer to it as transformative listening. It's so deep and it's, there's like an energy, you're picking up the person's energy and their heart. And it, it's hard to describe it, but you know when you're in that deep, deep level of feeling and sensing with someone because you can feel the shift. It's different than other listening, than even empathetic listening. And that's where the magic, I say the magic, I mean, it's not magic, but in a way it is magic. <laughs> and, and Amanda just described it. You know, it's like, it just opens up your, like your mind to all the possibilities. And that's what life should be about, right? If our society was really healthy and the education system was great, and you know, we, we had healed from our collective trauma, it would be encouraging people's, right? Their, their sensing and their feeling and their imagination and their intelligence. And I think ECPR gives birth to that bigger perspective, that human perspective. And there's so much healing in there. There's just like, I wanna say infinite. There's so many layers of healing that, that can happen in a short period of time. So you guys talked about how ECPR, you sort of touched on how ECPR is different. Can you expand a little bit about, uh, a little bit more on that, about things that you've learned in other mental health training or uh, even peer support or, you know, those kinds of things that are different in ECPR? Like labeling is one, right? That you're not putting like those diagnosis labels, right, on people when you're in the midst of ECPR. So can you just expand on that a little bit? You want to start, Amanda? <laughs> For the longest time, I struggled with the stigma and, and some of it was probably in my own mind, but there's a, there's a stigma around it anyway. And, and so for the longest time, I held the belief that it was what was wrong with me. And, and I realize now that it's what's been right with me all along. And ECPR is about awareness and acknowledgement and acceptance of yourself. And when we accept our entire being, we can move forward. We don't have to be held back in the prison that has been um, our past experiences and our thoughts, our, our mindset. And that, to me, that's the most profound. You know, I, I don't need to necessarily identify anymore as somebody who has struggled with um, substance use addiction, with mental health, because I'm not defined by any of those things anymore. And often from a clinical mindset, you know, that those diagnoses, they, they stay with you forever. And we, we don't need that. You know, it, it, it's, it's not coming in to a conversation and 
identifying those things because you you have to let somebody else know that that's where you've been and that's where you at, you're at. With eCPR, it's about accepting and understanding that it may not be about what's wrong with you at all, right? It, it dispels a lot of uh, negative beliefs and feelings that we've had about ourselves because of our diagnoses. We don't have to identify as any specific illness because we're not that illness. It doesn't, we're not defined by that. We don't have to worry about whether or not we've had substance use or various diagnoses. Cause you know, for me, whenever I had one and then I got another one and another one, it was just, it just piled more on. Right. And so just being accepted for who I am and accepting others for who they are, you know, hearing it and learning about it and then actually doing it. It's, it's transformational. It, it, it changes everything. And it's not about whether or not you're ever going to be recovered or in recovery, or um, if, if you're always going to be sick or always going to be in a struggle or all, you know, everybody can be whatever they want to be and whoever they want to be. And you don't have to be held back by your, your mental health and your life experience because we have now and we can identify with each other on a new level now and move forward and be better. And that's what ECPR learned. That's what I learned from ECPR. And that, that's what I want to share with others. It, it's so in line with peer support and recovery. Honestly, I kind of struggle with that word sometimes because it's overused and misunderstood. Uh, Lauren uses liberation. She introduced me to that word and I, I just love it liberation and transformation, transcending your past, your beliefs, and, and creating something new and different with a new awareness and understanding of yourself, of other people, a mutual collaborative experience of healing and the promise of pain, or not the promise of pain, but, but healing through pain. And it's the promise of life after the pain and experiencing that with other people. You know, I, I found through ECPR that I was part of a community that I didn't even know existed. And that was, that was pretty profound. That was huge, actually, because I'd, I'd spent so much of my life feeling that I was alone and the only one that ever really felt this way. And, you know, if I say something about what I'm experiencing to my counselor or my medical provider, what's going to happen? Are they going to lock me up? You know, they're going to say that I'm crazy because I sure as hell felt crazy, right? But it, it's different. and it's, it's liberating. That's, that's the best word for it. I know. I love when you haven't said it today, Amanda, but you, you said it before the, before your training, your first experience uh, as a participant, you, you said this, this is a game changer with such energy. And I was like, this is a game changer. And I, I felt like she really gets it because when you yeah. really understand eCPR and it happens to a lot of people, they really understand that this training is different from other trainings, that it is a game changer when you can get out of everything you've ever been taught uh, about who you are, including the, the, primarily the limitations, you know, that you have to fit into a box. Maybe the box will get a little bigger, but basically you're in a box. <laughs> and what I love about ECPR is, you know, I think like, I will never doubt your thinking, Amanda, your thinking is so good, you know, and, and 
before Dan and I created ECPR, he, he said to me, unrelated to ECPR, he said, I believe in you. And I was so taken aback by that. I said, no one has ever said that to me before. And what I realized is that I need to believe in me. So I worked very intentionally, very hard on believing completely in myself. And that was shortly before we created ECPR. So ECPR really takes it to a different level. It's really, if you can imagine completely cleaning the lands and maybe even getting rid of the entire mental illness industry and saying, let's just start all over and let's just love each other and accept each other and listen as deeply as we can imagine listening to each other so that we become, we, we learn to understand that love does heal all wounds. It's not time. When I was growing up, people said, oh, time will heal all wounds. And I realized I was in a 12-step meeting and somebody said, love heals all wounds. And I realized, oh my God. Again, that was before, before ECPR. I mean, I put every ounce of wisdom of my, my life and my person into ECPR. So one thing that I think it, that it is really different about ECPR is that we do real plays. So we spend a bunch of time creating that safe container. And this is a container where we are all co-learning and we're learning to feel vulnerable so we can show ourselves in ways that we may not do outside of the training because we have that safety and we know people aren't going to judge us uh, and label us and, and limit us in any way. So we do, uh, people are, everyone is invited to do a real play where they pick a distressful time in their life, distressful experience, and they have a supporter. And then we're in the, we're in smaller Zoom rooms when we do this, or when we did it, do it in, in person, we're in, we break into smaller groups. So we'll have the two people, a person in distress and a supporter. And then we'll have the observers who share what resonated, you know, what did the supporter do that, that resonated with my heart that helped the connection, you know, that helped this person who might be in an altered state come back and feel heard and seen and validated, which is all about the connecting piece, right? That we're like, there's a mind there. And once people feel connected, heard and seen, they start to remember and the supporter helps start to remember that they have power. They used to have power. Maybe I can still have power. Oh yeah, I do have power. I've been in tough spots before and I've somehow, I've somehow gotten out of them. I can do that. So we continue along this process of connection, empowerment and re uh, revitalization. After the person really starts to regain that sense of empowerment, they typically uh, start to feel their energy coming back the energy flows or the chi or the revitalization where they start to see that light at the end of the tunnel. So they're really at this point moving out of crisis and into hope, knowing that they're supported. Uh, and it just, it, it's just like a magical process that is actually pretty simple to do, but it's not easy. And it's very, very liberating as Amanda mentioned 
And the more I do it, I've been training now for 10 years, the more I do it, the more I'm learning to embody eCPR in my everyday life, in all my relationships. And the feedback we get from all over the world, because we've done eCPR trainings in over a dozen countries, is the feedback is always uh, how it improves their all their relationships, because it's about listening at that deeper transformative level, where they're really listening and sensing what the other person's saying, often behind their words. And when you do that, you change the world. You change the relationship, and that's how we change the world. We're in this together to remind each other who we are. That's what it is, and it's beautiful. And the life that we can have, because so much of our society is about what you can't have, right? What you can't do and you can't have. And we want to completely turn that inside out and say, what are your dreams? Because eCPR is about more closely aligning your vision, your values, and your dreams with your life. So what is the next step you want to take to be more aligned and to have the life that you want and deserve? And eCPR is a tool to get us there. And there's other tools, but this is what we do. Yeah, it is. It's just amazing. You, you can't describe it. You really have to, you have to experience it because you can, you can spend a long time trying to explain to somebody, you know, what a mango tastes like, but you don't know until you actually bite into one and feel it and taste it and sense it and love it. It's opened my eyes and my mind to a whole other dimension of, of helping and healing and loving myself and others. It's opened a door for many, many opportunities and cultivated many relationships that I never would have had before that I am so, so grateful for. It's, it's, it's an unforgettable experience. If you choose and you, you go past just practitioner and you, and you want to share it and spread it, it just, it becomes an, a passion that just ignites and it goes like wildfire. That's the the imagery that I have in my, you know, we're, we're spreading this. We are taking this across Montana. That's your middle name now, Amanda. I think it's Amanda Wildfire Walton. I, I had an opportunity to meet very briefly. It was actually at a book signing in Washington, D.C., uh, Kofi Annan, the former Secretary General of the United Nations. And I handed him, I think it was an ECPR. We had a brochure at the time and he looked at it and he, and then he looked at me with his, these deep, dark, penetrating eyes. He had just published, he was doing a, a world tour on this book he'd written. And he said, we're in the same line of work. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I didn't say anything to him, but he said peacemaking. And it got me thinking a lot about eCPR as a tool, uh, one of many, right? A tool and a process of peacemaking. Because when we can let go of our stories and the other person's stories and any judgments and preconceived notions we have about other, we can meet on this, this field of, um, of love. And that's peacemaking. And there, there is actually one of the appendices in the ECPR resource book uh, is a short, like a one and a half page article uh, piece that I wrote about that. ECPR is a tool and process of peacemaking. So, I mean, really, what more can you ask? I don't have anything better to do with my time, so. Right. 
it, and it's interesting. You, you talked about fields, and I, I'm thinking about the the Rumi. I believe he's he's who said it. You know, there's black and there's white. Outside of black and white, there's a field, and that's where I'm going to meet you. Yeah. Outside, outside of that box. So yeah. Yeah, right. and and that is where we meet with ECPR because we do want to open up people's minds and their heart and their will to what their life can be and what this world can be with ECPR and other tools. Yeah. And we just, we need more of that kind of intentional, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Empowering language. Make your dreams come true. Of course we can do it. Of course it's not going to be easy, but that's a lot of what ECPR is about. I'm very proud of it. Very, very proud. One of the unique things about ECPR is the community of practice. Some of you choose to stay in touch with each other and meet on a regular basis. So tell me how that works or how it makes this ECPR different or better uh, than other training. Well, we started doing community of practices many years ago. So people who had been through uh, the training as a participant uh, and wanted more. They wanted to, you know, questions and they, that we invite people to go out and try your new skills in your life at work, home, wherever. And then let's come back and fine tune them and address your questions. So we, we call it community of practice. Some communities have different names for them, but it's also useful um, for apprentices, people who are interested in becoming uh, a trainer on that track to be a trainer for them to begin to take more, more leadership and facilitation of the community of practices. So yeah, in fact, we're having one, uh, I think Monday, we have a, just in a couple of days, we're having another uh, community of practice for the Montana folks uh, from the first two trainings that we have done virtually in Montana. So they'll come back. And the, the purpose of it is really to address whatever needs, questions, et cetera, that the participants have. So sometimes we'll do real play. Sometimes we'll just talk about connecting or anything to add, Amanda, about that. It's it's been interesting on the two trainings I've I've my personal you know my personal training and then the one I, I participated on the training team. Hearing the stories of others and how one day they they may feel like they're just not getting it, and then the light goes off one day because they realize, hey, wait a minute, I am ECPR in my heart out. Or, you know, whenever, when they realize I'm doing some knee CPR, you know, let's ECPR for yourself. And when we come back in the community of practice, it's, it's community CPR, right? It's, it's spreading that and using that across people, across places, spaces. And in this platform, you know, we can, we can meet and be with people all over the world. We're not limited by location and time anymore. And it's, it's really, it's, it's really cool. And I've had some people call me from the, the last training and Amanda, you are not going to believe I finally get ECPR. And it's, it's, I've, I've used it and I, it was in the moment and I realized, you know what, this is exactly what I'm doing. And I like this. It feels good to be able to, pro, to, to provide for somebody else in that way. And, and when I say provide, I mean by be with, be present with. And it, it's, it's different. And once, once you experience it on either side, you, you see how it's an ongoing mutual process. 
You bring up a really good point, Amanda, which is we, we say, you know, person in distress and supporter, we have these two different roles. So it feels good to, to support someone else through a really difficult time. But the truth is that we as a supporter get a lot out of it. So it's very, it's very bi-directional and, and it gets to a point often, not always, but uh, sometimes when it feels mutual that the supporter's actually getting some support. <laughs> from the person who was in distress, but is no longer in distress because we've had this deeply soul touching exchange. So we're both enlightened by the process. And when people get it, they get it. Yeah. Cause you can't really describe it, right? You have to experience it, but it's so much fun when the light bulbs go off, you know, like when the first time Amanda said, this is a game changer. I was like, okay, she's, she's getting it now. I've heard from other people who've taken this that they were able to use it right away with like a spouse or, or something like that. So this isn't something that is, well, that, I don't want to say clinical, but on a professional support stage necessarily, right? This is something that you can use in your everyday life, connecting with people that are friends or, or relatives. Or strangers. Or strangers. You want to say, you want to speak to that, Amanda? I absolutely do. ECPRs is a state of being. It is a, a choice to be present and eliminate barriers and not label. And it, it's like I said, it is, it is a state of being and it, it covers every aspect of your life. Once you start thinking with an ECPR mindset uh, professionally, it will automatically spill over to yourself and to your home, to your interactions with people in the community, it, it, it will touch every part of you. And as it spreads, it'll touch every part of other people. And that's, that's the intention, you know, to share this and, and heal together. And that's, that's what it's about. Because we all, we all are healing from something. We all have something to work through and overcome and recover from, if, if we want to use that word. But um, we all have, we all have traumas and stuff that's just eating at us and we never feel like we can identify and at least I didn't and it, we're, we're taught stay away from it, you know, don't, don't acknowledge, uh, just don't talk about, just get past and get over it and you can't just get over a part of who you are, it's a part of who you are, acknowledge it, accept it, you know, allow it to be, cultivate it. Use it because it can be good. It can be beautiful. Pretty much any emotion that we feel is universal. So part of the process is mm -hmm. really coming to understand that we are community, that everyone goes through these difficult times as well as, as the good times. But we're all in this together. As Amanda says, we're all healing from something and we get to do it together. And yeah, one of the beauties of ECPR is that we can use it in all, all of our relationships. And like I said, I've been training for 10 years and I feel like I'm, I'm just learning to listen at this such a profound level that it's like, it's like amazing. I guess one thing I'll share is, so when I was 16, I didn't believe in God and 
all of a sudden one evening, I'm skipping a lot of details, obviously, God, God selected me and God was talking to me. And it was, it was so overwhelming. I didn't have the, I didn't know how to navigate this sense of power and why me, why now, you know, God's choosing me to, to do something that, you know, to change my life, to change the world. And it was, well, I mean, it landed me the next day in a mental hospital, but, and I was 16. So I've realized coming full circle that that deep level of listening where I was feeling the vibration of trees and birds, and it was like being hit with so much energy that I couldn't navigate decades ago. But the listening I'm doing now is tapping in again to the energy that's around me, you know, in nature. And it's in people too. Sometimes if they're very emotional, um, you know, I can feel the energy. So it was very, it was part of what validated that for me, when I had uh, what people labeled as a nervous breakdown was in fact, a spiritual breakthrough. But the system so completely uh, misunderstood it and, and ran to judgment of, oh, she's schizophrenic, give her pills, lock her up. It, it was such a, such a, such an incredible disconnect that so damaged my life and the lives of millions of other people. And it was so completely unnecessary. And if ECPR was practiced, that we wouldn't need to, you know, people wouldn't need to go through that additional humiliation, harm, and trauma. So it is about changing the world. It's about changing the system. It's about changing our lives so that we can make change, you know, at home and in our office, in our communities and in wider and wider circles. What do you have planned for the coming months? I know Amanda's moving from facilitator to trainer, but what do you see going forward for yourselves or for eCPR as a whole? So for me, as I mentioned, I am quickly approaching advancement to eCPR trainer, which that's another game changer, right? Because I, I can, I have a lot more freedom to, to coordinate trainings and, and work with organizations and, and schedule and provide that and so it's, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful opportunity that I can use for the rest of my life if I choose right and and I really can see that happening and incorporating it and integrating it into peer support services aspects of ECPR being integrated into peer support training for licensure within the state of Montana trainings for, for veterans and uh, youth and families. And I just, I could see it across the spectrum. It's, it's a full spectrum approach and uh, we're, we're bringing it and it, it's here and we're, we're going. And some of my work is internal on the ECPR advisory committee, um, just enhancing, improving our kind of some internal policies and practices, procedures, but I just spread it. I spread it to different communities. I'm excited to be moving towards a second training now in India. I did my last in-person training in Delhi, India in March. So I have apprentices there and then a new organization that is interested. So yeah, just continuing to spread it and spreading it at home. I mean, in the U.S., 
so that people who are walking around very wounded and wanting to feel better, wanting to heal, wanting happiness and joy, but that seems so elusive even before the quarantine time, um, it's bringing ECPR to them. Where can people find out more about ECPR? Well, they can always reach out to me, Amanda at mtprnetwork.org. Uh, we can definitely provide information, but National Empowerment Center and the website emotionalcpr.org. Yeah, it's um, emotional-cpr.org. So people can Google it. There's a lot of free resources on the ECPR website that people can just download and get a better understanding from there. What final thoughts would you like to share with us about ECPR? It always feels like I'm just beginning in terms of like spreading okay. ECPR further and further around the world. It's like, yes, let's spread it across Montana, you know, and India and more in the U.S. So it's just really organically spreading. That is one of the goals of VCPR. We had two goals. One was originally from 10 years ago was to teach people how to assist others through emotional crisis. And, to, and second was to make this, make this process accessible to people around the world. So we're doing it. We just learned that it doesn't have to be emotional crisis. I mean, crisis is actually a judgment, right? Is what, you know, I might think you're in a crisis, but you're like, no, it's not a crisis. So we say, I say distress as well. Anything for you, Amanda? We are giving permission, giving each other and ourselves permission to heal together and feel together. And we're going global. So that's, that's what we're doing. That's what it's all about. Wonderful. This has been a great conversation. So thank you, Lauren and Amanda. I will include the resource links in the description of this podcast. And you can always find more information on our website at mtpeernetwork.org. Thanks again. Thank, thank you. you. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works. Recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.